Welcome into the official Guru Nation Fantasy Football Podcast. Today, I have a guest, second time guest. It is none other than Mike himself, Mike Medeiros of Alpha. How are we doing? Yes, sir. Town business in the building. What's up, Nation? <laughs> we doing well, man. We doing well. I thought I'd hop on one time just to talk about a few things that have been coming up for me recently. And uh, Yeah, man, we doing well, man. Glad to be here. Heck yeah. Well, we're excited to have you. And uh, I just wanted to touch on something. You're a big Raiders fan, and there's been recent news this past week that they're going to be joining Hard Knocks. And it's just so interesting with some of the personalities they have on the team, with uh, the coach they have in Gruden, with Mike Mayock there now as a GM. I just want to know, like, what's your overall reaction to the Raiders being on Hard Knocks, and how do you think it's going to, like, play out? Oh, man, I, when I heard about the news, man, I absolutely love it, man. I mean, I think it's been a long time coming. You know, I was one of those people last year who was, you know, pretty hurt when Mac was traded. You know, I understood Cooper a little bit more, especially the value that we got for him. But you look at the moves that they've made this offseason – You know, you can say what you will, but this is genuinely probably the most talent they've had from top to bottom on that roster in a very long time. You know, and some of that talent that they've picked up, you know, getting Antonio Bryant for what they did, um, you know, bringing Tyrell Williams over from San Diego. Um, I like the depth on the competition on the O-line. You can say the same thing about the linebacker core, the D-line, the secondary. This is the most talent we've had in a very long time. And you combine that with all the unique personalities and personas. I mean, you can go down the list, you know, from Antonio Bryant, Gruden, Mayock, uh, you know, perfect being in the building, you know. And I think it's going to be real good TV. And I think it's going to kind of get, you know, I think they need the spotlight on them, especially with them going to Vegas soon and, you know, all that comes with being in Vegas and, and the pressures that, you know, go on with that. I think it's a good a good way to kind of finish out, you know, this last ride in Oakland. Yeah, on hundred percent. It's gonna be really interesting to see, like how they do that, as well as like I, I'm curious to see, like the fan perspective of it because, like you said, is their last season in Oakland. Like, how are they going to embrace it? What are they gonna do in terms of that? And also, like, how much are we going to see like their plan with Vegas? Are they actually gonna like go to Vegas and have like parts of an episode there of like them building the stadium, like what's going on behind the scenes. Like really curious to see how that plays out as well. Um, because there's just so many talking points. I think I think even as like a non Raiders fan, like they were the perfect team to have on there because like literally every like this this is what you want in T V right here. All these guys. Oh yeah. No, most definitely and, and they got so many things coming together all at once, you know, and I think there's you know, there's genuine optimism about what they're building just on the football field itself. I mean, don't get me wrong, we're in a tough division, especially when you look at what Kansas City was able to do last year and San Diego is a very underrated football team. But I think just compared to where they were a year ago, there's a lot of excitement, you know. And I expect, you know, a, a good showing for that last year in Oakland. You know, I've been a Raiders fan my whole life. Uh, when I was born, they were in L.A., and I followed them then. And when they came to the Bay, you know, I've, I've always been a Raiders fan. I continue to be even when they go to Vegas. You know, I understand from a business perspective why they had to make that move. I think they'll lose a lot of what Oakland brought to the table in terms of, like, the fan base and, and genuine fans. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to see 
high rollers who, you know, really care about football, you know, in those box seats in Las Vegas, it's going to be a different demographic, but from a business standpoint, you know, I do understand it. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm hoping for, like I said, hard knocks is going to be very entertaining and I'm looking forward to even better football season from them. Yeah. 100%. It's going to be really interesting to see because now they have those four top 35 picks, essentially there. How do you think that those those players are now going to be integrated in the team? Do you think they're going to have an impact right off the bat? Oh, I think huge. I think huge. I mean, I think you start with the running back Jacobs. You know, with that offensive line and assuming it's improved as I expect it to be from where they were last year, and then you got those threats on the outside, they're going to stretch the field a little bit, make that defense play back a little bit. Um, I think Jacobs could have a really nice year. I know Gruden's been gassing him up. I don't know how much he'll actually tote the rock if they really think Martin's going to, you know, take some of those carries. But, you know, he's a legitimate guy who can get, you know, average of 15 touches a game. You know, and maybe by the end of the season, you know, depending on how things shake out, that those touches could turn to 20-25. So I think he's going to be an instant contributor. Um, I look at that safety. I mean, he's arguably one of the best safeties in the draft, you mm-hmm. know, and he plays with the – a fire and intensity that I think is going to be big on hard knocks. That's one of the people they've already signaled out. It can be, you know, a really, you know, a star of hard knocks. And then Farrell, you know, can't lie. I was shocked when they took him. But when you actually go back and you kind of look at some of the tape, you see what they want. You know, a good comparison that I've heard is Carlos Dunlap, um, Mm -hmm. you know, was from Florida and played for Cincinnati for all these years and played, you know, had a pretty darn good career. Um, he, he plays very similar to him, and he's all about football. And, I mean, and you heard it when he got the phone call. He's like, I'm going to give you everything I got. And that's the type of player that you want, you know, to build your franchise around, especially going to Vegas. You know, with all the temptation and all the other things that go on, he's about his business, you know. And so I think all three of those guys, and you can argue, you know, that the cornerback they picked up from Clemson Mullen, he's got an opportunity to contribute too. You know, there's a lot of competition. There's a lot of depth. So I see those first three making a big impact. And there's opportunities for those guys in the later rounds to contribute as well. Yeah, 100%. And like you said, like, I think, I think the fact that the character of the players they brought in are very well suited for Vegas. And I think it's going to be, uh, I think it was smart on their part because... Uh, I think Mike Mayock mentioned that he 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 asked every single prospect that they interviewed if Vegas was going to be an issue for them, and not one of them said it was going to be an issue. So he said that some people were lying, but he didn't know who they were. Um, but I, th- I think that's a good thing just to have that there. Um, one last thing on the Raiders and Hard Knocks: what is like one storyline that you're really interested in, like f- either following or hoping that they follow in terms of? Uh, on hard knocks. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to see what leadership emerges, you know, because we've had some veteran players that have been there. You know, Derek Carr has been there, and, you know, there's a, there's a lot of moving parts on that defense, but who's going to rise up to be leadership? Who's going to set the example? How's Antonio Bryant going to fit in? You know, that's a big thing because, you know, for all the success he had in Pittsburgh, it ended pretty badly. You know, most things end badly or they don't end. But there's no doubt the guy loves the game. He loves to compete. I mean, you know, what he can do on a football field is really special. So I'm curious to see how all these moving parts come together and what type of leadership emerges. You know, I know Gruden kind of sets the tone, but I think, you know, after all these years of coaching, he also understands that there's, you know, some good veteran leadership there. 
mixed in with some, you know, young talent and how that will all kind of come together. I'm, you know, very interested to see. I think Hard Knocks will give us a glimpse of that. 100%. And you mentioned uh, that you think Josh Jacobs has an immediate impact. Now, uh, you own the first overall pick in Alpha. Is 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 there some sort of a path here for Jacobs to go on to town business? Is is that, is that seem like it's, it's well, going to be? Uh, I'm glad that you kind of made the segue to the draft, you know, because in Alpha, you know, your boys got two top five picks, you know. So actually, draft day is really kind of like my day. I feel like Kevin Costner in <laughs> the movie. I made. I made some moves to get exactly where I wanted to be and to be able to have two picks in the top five, you know, uh, you know, it was a hell of an accomplishment. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of moving and shaking that had to make that happen, you know, and, uh, you know, you can say a lot about the trades, but if you look at all the draft capital I had, plus the roster I've been already been built, you know, I don't feel locked into any one player, but, you know, Jacob is definitely worth a top five pick in this draft. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you could argue, though, is David Montgomery, uh, you know, a better overall prospect? Is he in a better overall situation? You know, and I've already went out and, you know, kind of pounded the table about how I feel about Kyler Murray. You know, I think that the kid's the truth, you know, and I think he's in the perfect system to be successful, you know. Um, I think Arizona still has some work to do on the offensive line, but in terms of the system that they run, that can actually hide some of that. So I think that uh, you know that there's definitely a lot of talent, and I get the you know the pick of the litter, you could say, being with two picks in the top five. So when you're trying to move into the top five, I feel like you at least have an idea of a player or a position that you're trying to target. Can you give us any insight on what your thought process was in trying to move up? kind of one of the things that I did off the bat, you know, I've been doing my little bit of draft study and as we get, you know, to the draft, we roughly a month away, I'll get deeper into it, especially with seeing how training camp goes and we get into mandatory camps and all these different things. Um, I identified, you know, I would say five to eight players that I like a lot, you know, and, you know, as I do my more evaluations, I hear what's going on in camps, you know, I kind of move my board around. Mm-hmm. Um like I've said before, I don't feel totally locked into, you know, any particular player. I think I have enough depth at pretty much every position. Like I don't feel I'm stacked at running back. I got three receivers I feel really good about right now, and I'm only starting two with the three backs I got. You know, um, I got a strong quarterback core. Uh, you know, there's nothing I feel totally locked into. So I just really wanted to have the opportunity to, you know, once I kind of identify what I want to be able to get it. You know, and I know having two picks in the top five, I'm going to walk away very happy, especially with a strong roster. I'm not looking to add a lot more players. You know, I'm looking for a couple guys that have the opportunity to contribute this year, but really will be, you know, fundamental pieces in the future. True. Get some blue chip prospects for the team, especially if you're only a piece or two away. It makes a lot of sense for you to go ahead and get those guys that can contribute right away for you and in the long term to really set that standard for your team. Um, so I'm really interested to see how it plays out. Is there any, like, any, like, clue or hint that you can give us on where you're leaning, what your mind is thinking with that first overall pick? No, I can't really do it because right now there's still a lot of negotiations. You know, I Mm -hmm. say I get a couple DMs 
Um, every week, you know, people talking about this, talking about that, asking about this pick, asking about that pick. And, uh, you know, there still could be some movement. You know, I, I do got two top five picks. They're very valuable, uh, you know, as other people do their draft evaluations and they kind of identify the players that they really want. Sometimes you got to make that bold move and, you know, come up to get one. So, like I said, I like some of them quarterbacks that are there. I'm a big fan of the running backs. Um, there's some good receivers. I wouldn't say quite great. Um, you know, you can kind of pick and choose who you kind of like and kind of look at the system and see how they'll fit in. Um, you know, there's some real nice tight ends, too. Those two tight ends that are going to go towards the top of the draft, um, they're, they're in very good situations as well. Both of them are going to get a lot of looks. So can't really say I'm locked into any one person, but, you know, town business is always open for business. So <laughs> all you got to do is holler at me. That's true. If you were to give me on a scale of 1 to 10, what do you say is the likelihood of you moving that first overall pick? Um, Someone would have to wow me. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I would say it's less likely than likely, but, you know, the right deal comes around. You never know. You know, when I jumped from 8 to 4, you know, I had communicated to a few guys that were, you know, in the, I think that 1 to 7 range just looking to move up a little bit, you know, and I finally hit Lum with a deal he just couldn't refuse you know and there was a lot that was to it you know I did give up an eight I did give him a second round pick we did do some swap in the thirds and then in future drafts we uh we swapped some seconds and thirds but I already had extra second picks so for me it wasn't as big of a, a gamble as it is for most people because some people looked at that like oh that's a whole lot to give up for four spots and like well you know maybe for some people it is but if you look at all the draft capital I've already accumulated going into 2021 um, I'm in good shape already and so I just felt strongly I wanted to be in that top five because I feel like I'm in the driver's seat having two picks there Um, you know if you're trying to get in that top five there's no way you can't be you know talking to me yeah wow so you've been setting yourself up for a while for a move a big move like this yeah wow oh yeah no it's kind of interesting because like one of the picks I traded lump for he's like now, how did you get that 3.1? Because I traded him like 3.1. I took his late third, and it actually, you know, RP to Edgar. That was, you know, years back when we all thought Kaepernick was going to get signed, and it's still a shame that he's not. But he gave me a three, a third rounder to take the chance on the man coming back, you know, and unfortunately the NFL, uh, you know, hasn't caught up to where he should be because the dude can play somewhere. You look at the, the quarterback talent in this league, and he's better than a, a good portion of it. Wow, so that 301 is still part of Edgar's legacy that he left here. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, R.I.P. R.I.P., man. Um, all right, switching topics a little bit. I know uh, I know we got uh, some exciting things going on there in Alpha for you in the draft, a lot of things going on. I want to talk a little bit like some like rookie values, maybe some guys that – I mean, you don't have to say exactly who you like, but maybe like later in the draft, like who who are some guys on teams that you think are just like at least interesting or could be a value? Well, I mean, one guy that I I mean we haven't got to see a lot of because he's been injured is Hollywood Brown. Mm-hmm. You know, I really like what he did at Oklahoma. You know, is he slight? Can he take big hits? You know, that's all questionable. But in today's NFL. And especially with, you know, what happened to, you know, to the Saints in that NFC Championship game, you're going to see a greater emphasis on, you know, how, how they put in the pads on receivers. You know, so him moving across the middle, his deep speed in that Ravens offense, I think, you know, he has the opportunity to be pretty successful. 
You know, the kid's been a baller. The fact that he's got, you know, those good genes related to Antonio Brown and, you know, they work out together and all those kind of things. I think he's got some strong talent, man. Uh, Noah Fant, I think he went to the perfect situation in Denver, you know, where he's going to be, you know, Joe Flacco's best friend, you know, and that'll last for at least one year. And then he's got the rookie coming in behind him who I think, you know, he's a great target. He's that move tight end, that new breed of tight end. Um, he's a matchup nightmare. I think he's a baller. You know what I mean? And like I said, you can go. There's quite a few solid running backs. You know, I think Montgomery is a hell of a player. I think he's he's very undervalued because he doesn't have that breakaway speed. But in terms of may, making people miss that short burst in that Chicago offense and and the way Nagy's running things over there, I think he can be highly successful. And I think we already touched on Jacobs. I mean, the kid's a baller. You know, and it's just. I'm curious to see what he can do with a heavy workload. And I think he's got, you know, to the right situation in Oakland where there's not a lot of pressure for him to be the man instantly, but I can see him having a very, you know, successful career. And then going to Kyler Murray, I, I think, you know, he's he's going to be the guy. It's going to take him a little bit of time, you know, to truly get the NFL speed, but he's in the perfect system to where they're going to ease him into it the right way and make Reed simple and then slowly you could see him beat Matt, you know, Pat Mahomes in year two. I love what you're saying, man. Keep keep talking about that. Get me all excited. Get me fired up. But I think you're oh, right, yeah. though. Oh, yeah. I'm hoping to get everyone else fired up. They want to make a deal. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. No, but I, I think you're right about some of these guys, especially when it comes to like a guy like Marquise Brown, who was the first wide receiver taken in the NFL draft. I don't think that is really stated enough like he was the top wide receiver drafted over all these guys but yet in rookie drafts he's going as like fifth sixth seventh even eighth wide receiver off the board um and one thing about his speed is like he never participated at the combine because of his speed but what would have happened to him if he ran like a john ross 422 like there are reports out there that he could have ran like a high 41 like that's how fast he is um, this guy is ridiculously fast, blazing speed, and I think he does more than what a John Ross does coming out. So it's like, oh, yeah, you know, and I think he he has the ability to move all over the field. He's good at the deep ball. I think he can handle those crossing routes. I have no doubt about his, you know, short burst and tight spaces to get in and out of routes. Um, I, I think the kid gonna be a baller, you know. But there's 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 so many, you know, players that could really blow up. You know, we've all heard about what's going on with Todd Gurley and the bad knee and this and that. Does that make someone like Daryl Henderson jump up into the top five for someone who thinks that Gurley ain't going, you know, last? And he's going to be a guy who gets probably maybe 10 touches to start his career. You know, 10 touches a game, maybe 15 a game, kind of like how Jacobs will start off. And the next thing you know, he could be the guy in L.A. You know, you never know. It's just all about opportunity, and we can never – you know, predict injuries and all these other things. You know, Paris Campbell's been a guy they talked about in Indianapolis, I think has a great opportunity to be successful too. And, you know, Luck tries to spread that ball around behind one of the best offensive lines in football in a very short period of time. They put something together over there. 100%. I have a question for you. Um, and there, it's a big question or a big topic. I think a lot of people internally discuss when it comes to like their rankings, when it comes to these rookies. How, how? Which side of the fence are you more likely to be in? Are you more likely to be onto the player that ends up in a very good opportunity that likely has, um, for example, like a Paris Campbell who ended up with the Colts, 
or a Nikhil Harry who ended up with the Patriots? Or would you rather bet on a talented player like a Marquise Brown or an A.J. Brown who probably didn't end up in the greatest situation but are still talented players? Which side of the spectrum are you on? Are you more on the talent side or are you more on the opportunity side as, um, when it comes to these rookies? Um, I mean, you know, I, this particular draft class, I think you really have to take both into account because I don't see anyone other than Kyler Murray as being that special transcendent talent. You know, you've never seen a player be the first, you know, you know, a, a, a first-round pick in two different sports. You know, he's an elite athlete like that. A lot of these other guys, they all, I mean, you can go up and down the list. They all have question marks. So in terms of, like, the most talent that I've seen, I don't know if there's a true player maybe outside of him that has that transcendent talent to where you can't, you know, you, you can't value where he's at in the situation. And, like, you look at, you know, Harry in New England, the dude's a baller. You know, don't get me wrong, but in that system, I think it's going to take him a little time to get acclimated, you know, um, with the route adjustments and where they'd like to move people around. Are they going to keep him on the outside? Are they going to try to hide him inside sometimes and, you know, and try to get him matched up against a smaller corner or a linebacker trying to get him in space? You know, there's all these different variables. I don't think there's as much transcendent talent as there's been in previous drafts. You know, like there, I don't think there's a Saquon Barkley, you know, yeah. or, you know, just as an example. No, exactly. I totally agree. I think it's a deeper draft instead of like like a top-heavy draft. I think there's a very like solid probably like 20 quality players that we're looking at. Uh-huh. But when it comes to the top, there's some good players. But like you said, no no Ezekiel Elliott or Saquon Barkley. None of these guys are really seen here at the top that really would be like a wow player that can really transcend. Yeah, I was having a, a discussion, you know, doing some trade talk with another GM and Alpha. And we were talking about how we view talent. And, you know, for myself, I identified about five to eight that I thought were elite. Um, he thought, you know, about to eight to ten there were some, you know, pretty good players. But then there's also some nice value that you'll be able to get late second round, early third round, and even, you know, take a flyer on some thirds. You know, I think there'll be some talent in the third where people are going to take some chances, and you never know who's going to blow up. You know, there's, there's always just the injury happens, opportunity, and that guy makes, you know, starts making plays. Yeah, there's always something that's going on um, behind the scenes when it comes to these rookies, those deep late flyers that end up popping, whether it's a Tyree Kill or a few years back, Antonio Brown, Doug Baldwin, all these undrafted guys that, you know, if you do your research, you can, you can definitely snag one of them. So There's people who take pride in drafting that guy that no one else was looking at and, you know, power to him if you can make it happen. True, true. Do you think that it's a it's a viable strategy to load up on like late round picks hoping to get that guy, or do you feel like you're just kind of you know swinging for the fences at that point and just kind of not worth your time in terms of drafting a lot of players in that position? Um, I mean, it, it kind of depends on where your roster is and roster size. You know, I know in Alpha we're still dealing with you know a fairly small roster. I don't know what the other leagues are looking like in terms of how many they can have. But we're still on kind of on the low end of numbers, you know, and for the roster I have already, I like a lot of what I have. You know, there's not really too many pieces I want to get rid of. And so that was part of my strategy and kind of getting rid of some of these picks and moving up just because I don't have that much roster space, you mm-hmm. know. But for somebody who's in more, I think, of a rebuild mode and, 
you know, not quite there yet. I think the more picks you get, the, you know, it's like throwing darts at a dartboard. There's a better opportunity to hit, you know. So kind of just speaking for myself, I felt like I don't have a lot of holes, you know, with those two top five picks. I think, you know, those two guaranteed roster spots right there. After that, you know, I could take a couple flyers in the third and see what happens. Yeah, 100%. You're just trying to hit hit darts there and trying to nail the target there. Uh, speaking of some targets and a bunch of flyers, um, Aaron Kagan, has he become a target practice now for a GN? You know, it's kind of funny. You know, like, I, I for a while, I've already said this, I kind of put him into his own category. You know, dude loves football. Dude loves pizza, dude loves the smoke weed, dude loves the Hawaiian Islands, and he's kind of like in his own lane, you know, and um, he rubs a lot of people the wrong way, you know, and I think he comes from a really good place. Like for me, when he says some shit or he asks, you know, Haka some random question that he's already asked or trying to get an answer that, you know, I just kind of credit, like, that's just him being him, but some people just like, as soon as he posts them, they can't wait to jump on him, you know, and I know there's you know, varying levels of animosity. Some people just like to, you know, stir the pot a little bit. But for me, you know, I, I kind of put him in his own category. Dude's got a good heart. He has a lot of fun with this shit. I mean, he definitely keeps it entertaining in the nation. But, yeah, I think at times he becomes target practice. Yeah, 100%. Like you said, he does come from a good place. Like, I, th- I, th- I think that's the moral of the story is he does come from a good place and he tries to do the right thing and sometimes it just like you said rubs people the wrong way and i think i think it's interesting like hearing your opinion on it because like you're not necessarily involved with a lot of like the the controversies or anything regarding him so it's kind of good to get like an outside view of what's going on and like how you view the situation yeah i don't have to deal with him on the level that other people do you know like He's not even in my league particularly, you know, so it doesn't totally affect me. I mean, don't get me wrong. I am entertained sometimes, <laughs> you know, when I see some bullshit going back and forth. And then, like, I think it was, like, not even a week ago he posted some. And then you see, like, five people jump on him hella quick, you know. And, uh, you know, uh, he takes it on the chin, man. He he, and he keeps getting up for more. So, you know, hats off to him, you know. It, it, I'm definitely it, – it's entertaining for sure. I know <laughs> I know he gives Hawk a headache, though. So. One hundred percent. He's he's the entertainment factor of GN that uh that 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 really uh helped some of uh, the off season go by quick for us, man. Um, well, I know you got to go. It's late out here. Um, I really appreciate you hopping on with me, Mike. Um, always good talking, and uh, we'll have to we'll have to get an update from you. Uh. Once, uh, once we get closer to the draft, hopefully, hopefully. Yes, sir. Actually, so one of the things I'll have coming up in July, we'll have, uh, you know, town business presents with no smoking entertainment. <laughs> um, we're gonna have our part two of the uh, town business mock draft, um, especially with wow. some of the trades that have happened. So it'll definitely be a, a good read. I think the last one was well received. The people appreciate the amount of time I put into it. So we're gonna start working on it over the next, you know, week or two, and we'll be bringing that out in the beginning of July. Wow, I'm really looking forward to that. Another mock draft, and you—you you said it's no smoke. So we'll see. We'll see if uh, you decide to uh, stay true, stay true to the mock draft, and uh, 
as your as your first mock draft said, Kyler Murray number one. So uh, we'll get some updates on that from you as we get close to the draft, and uh, looking forward to that, and also looking forward to uh, how you do in the draft, who you select, and uh, and uh, how, how your do squad plays out. I do want to give a shout out to the Dark Knight too for letting me get Robbie Anderson. Ooh. I think he's going to have a big year. We didn't get a chance to talk uh, talk on it. I know we run out of time, but very quickly, I did give up a few second round picks for the guy. But he's going into a contract year and a Gase offense with an improved overall offense. I think Donald's going to do a good job in his second year. Um, you know, Le'Veon Bell in the backfield. I look at that young man to have a big year, and uh, I'm glad to have him in my third spot in the receiving uh, core that I've been building. So. Uh, Shout out to uh, Dark Knight for making that trade with me. Yeah, man, Anderson's sliding under the radar. He's a uh, like you said, he's a he's a burner. And during the fantasy playoffs last year, he was the number two overall wide receiver. And uh, if, Dar- if Darnold starts to turn it on his second year, looks like Anderson's gonna be the number one target there. So definitely a lot of upside. Yeah, there. He, he he he's a under our radar. The guy that I've been kind of I've been eyeballing him, and the other guy I was looking at was Tyrell Williams. I couldn't get a deal for him. Um, was able to get a deal for uh, Anderson. I'm feeling really good about. It. I've been hearing great things in camp. I heard Gase likes what he brings to the table, and he looks at him being able to do a lot more things, just running that vertical route like he's been doing so much. I think they're going to use him in a variety of ways. 100. percent It's really going to be exciting to see how that plays out there, and uh, see Sam Darwin's growth because if it does, he could be a huge, huge wide receiver asset this year for you. Yes, sir. All right. So without further ado, appreciate you. Appreciate you, Mike, for hopping on here. We're going to deuce out of here. Peace. All right, one nation, man. Stand up. I'll holler at y'all.